Lecture Topic Beautiful Dua of Prophet Muhammad Peace Be Upon Him Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafa Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi minash shaytan al-rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أغنني بالعلم وزينني بالحلم وأكرمني بالتقوى وجملني بالعافية أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected on the line, Karam, brothers and elders. This beautiful, very concise dua has oceans of knowledge in it for us. And all the duas of Nabi Kareem, the duas are in itself mu'jizat, they are miracles. Nobody but a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala could have expressed these aspects in this manner. In such a comprehensive way, the selection of what was asked, all the different angles that we can look at it from, everything is purely a mu'jizah and a miracle. And these are at the same time great lessons for us. So to understand a little bit of this dua and to try and take some of the lessons in this dua Nabi Kareem Wasallam has taught us to ask for four things. He has asked for it to teach us. This is a lesson for us. And the fact that Nabi Kareem Wasallam asked for these things that itself highlights and it emphasizes the importance of these aspects. The first aspect that is asked for in this dua, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Ya Allah, enrich me with ilm, with knowledge. Now, this is the zamana which, and the time and era that we call the information explosion era. There's an explosion of information, and the amount of information that is presently available at the press of a button. This was perhaps never before available in that manner. But does every information qualify to be ilm? That's a separate matter. Or is ilm and information one and the same thing? That's a very, very different matter. What we understand from another dua of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allahumma inya min ilmin la yanfa. Allah, such things that are described as knowledge, but which are of no benefit. Allah, I seek your protection from it. Allah, such things which are described as knowledge, but which are of no benefit, doesn't benefit a person. Allah, I seek your protection from such things. Because this will occupy the mind, it will occupy the heart, that's the least it will occupy. And it will probably distract the mind and heart from where it should be from thinking correctly maybe in the sense that rather than that being engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala etc. The heart will get occupied in these things. Then even perhaps in Salah, this is where the heart might go away to. That is the least of the problems. And beyond that the problem can be that it might even corrupt the heart. It might even totally distort the thinking. It might make a person think in a way that is completely contrary to the Quran and Sunnah. So it is not just a matter of anything that comes, a person is taking it to heart, he's reading it, and every person is regarding himself to be very, very discerning, and he can sift out between what is what. Sometimes things are said in such a subtle way, and in such a very, very devious manner, that most people are unable to discern that this is not in order. But that gets into the heart and it affects a person. Only when the damage is done, 
now it becomes clear what has happened. And sometimes the damage is so deep, no matter who tries to explain what, the person is not prepared to accept anything. Not prepared to listen to anyone. And he says, I have understood it. I know what's what. So, ilm in itself is an extremely great wealth. And such a great wealth that Nabi Kareem in this dua is asking, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Ya Allah, enrich me with knowledge. This is wealth. That knowledge which has been declared as knowledge in the Quran and Sunnah. The first ayat of the Quran Sharif that were revealed, that the Kareem Sallallahu the first meeting with Jibreel Sallallahu and the first ayat that were revealed were the first five ayat of Surah Iqra. Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq, read. Reading is already part of knowledge. But read what? So primarily this is reading what? Reading this wahi of Allah Ta'ala that has been revealed to you now. Is being revealed to you. Iqra. Bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. In the name of your Rabb who created you. Iqra. Bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Khalaq al-insana min alaq. Created insan from a blood clot. Iqra. Again Iqra. Reading. وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمُ And then, أَلَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمُ Then specifically the word of عَلَّمَ who taught, knowledge. And عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمُ Again, another two places again the word ilm. عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ Allah taught insan what he had no knowledge of, what he did not know. In the very first ayat of wahi, the very first revelation, there's so much already about knowledge in there. So knowledge, everybody understands the word knowledge and the translation of and what it knowledge generally refers to. But in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, knowledge is really that which makes a person aware of his creator. Makes him an arif and a recognizer of his Rabb. He learns who is Allah Ta'ala. If a person has learned rocket science and he's learned how to go to the moon, but he didn't learn how he's going to fare, what has to, he has to do to fare well, few feet under the ground in the grave. So what has he learned? If he's learned to, how to go to the moon, but what is that going to help him when he hasn't learned how to get his life in order in a way that it will benefit him when he's few feet down in the grave? Because at that time, nothing else will matter. What will matter is, his Iman, his Amal. How much he had learned to recognize Allah Taala. How much he had learned to follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Nabi Kareem Wasallam. How much he had learned about his Deen. And that ilm, which translated into Amal, which translated into practice. That is what's going to be of great benefit to him and that's going to be his ticket to Jannah. So this is that ilm. And without this ilm a person is lost. He's in darkness. He's in jahalat. He can be already having learned how to reach the moon. But if he doesn't have this ilm and this knowledge, this knowledge that brings him to the recognition of Allah Ta'ala, then he's in darkness and he's in ignorance. So this knowledge is the primary knowledge. And then whatever will help a person to live his dunya correctly also, and live his dunya in a way that he fulfills his needs of dunya, that is in his place as well, provided that that information and that skill is acquired in a way that doesn't cross any lines of shariat and deen. That doesn't compromise a person's iman in any way. That doesn't compromise a person's deen. If a person is going to go to acquire something, some wealth for example, it's going to be a very, very lucrative thing, but his life is in danger. There's a deal that is available, he has to go to a certain place to go and sign up, but everybody is aware this is an extremely dangerous thing. That road, most people didn't come back alive. Most people got hijacked, something else happened, some people got kidnapped on that way, 
and what not happened so now the person is being offered this is here available come he says but my life is in danger what's the point the chances are 75% that I might get killed I might get kidnapped I might get robbed and so what's the point in all this so when it comes to wealth and life we understand the priority that wealth very good but not at the expense of life Likewise, a mu'min understands the highest priority of Iman. That if anything is going to compromise his Iman, compromise his Deen, then that can't take precedence. The precedence will be what Deen is all about, how to protect and safeguard his Iman. Then everything else will be secondary. So in any case, this is the primary thing, ilm, that will make us recognize Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. And not the ilm that just is in the level of just knowing something, but that ilm then that becomes amal, that ilm that becomes action. He's learned about salah, but he doesn't perform salah, so what's the point of that ilm? If it hasn't now taken him to salah. So he's to learn about salah. Without the ilm of salah, he's lost. He's completely in darkness. He's to learn about salah. And then learn about the virtues of salah also which will spur him, inshallah, to be performing that salah. Learn about the warnings that, will, that are, have been sounded by Nabi Kareem sallam, for missing out salah. The importance of salah with jama'ah, learn about it. And learn about also what has been mentioned regarding the one who leaves out that salah with jama'ah, without a valid excuse. Abdullah bin Mas'ud, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he... This is an extraction from the ahadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says that, ensure that you perform your salah when the azan is called out. And if you don't do this, then, لَتَرَكْتُمْ سُنَّةَ نَبِيِّكُمْ And what it means is you have left the way of your Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And وَلَوْ تَرَكْتُمْ سُنَّةَ نَبِيِّكُمْ لَضَلَلْتُمْ And if you leave out this way of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will go astray. Now what is he mentioning this on? Without a valid reason, missing out salah with jama'ah. Let alone salah itself. That the impact of this is very deep. It might seem like it's one of those things, but gradually it will erode so much of his deen. And the salah with jama'ah is a protection of his deen. So he's waking up early in the morning for Fajr and coming to the masjid and performing Salah with Jama'ah and likewise waiting in the summer months, not getting to bed before Isha or not quickly trying to get done with it at home and without any valid reason. And we still have it very easy in South Africa, in some countries, Isha in summer is at 11 o'clock and even beyond that. And mashallah, those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with the understanding, they wait. They wait till 11 o'clock in the night for Isha with Jama'ah in the masjid. So now when will this be spurred on when he has ilm, ilm of the fadail, ilm of the virtues of amal, what has been promised for those amal and what has been warned about missing out such amal. So now all this, the ilm that takes him to the recognition of Allah Ta'ala, recognizes the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, recognizes Allah is his khaliq, Allah is his malik, Allah is his raziq, and everything is of Allah Ta'ala alone. And his return is to Allah Ta'ala, ilm. All this will come from ilm. But now we have so many things to do, we don't have time to learn this ilm. We are so busy with so many things in life, that the most important and essential aspect of life, we don't have time to learn. How to get close to Allah Ta'ala. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullah, wabtahu ilayhil wasilata. Wajahidu fi sabilihi la'allakum tuflihoon. Allah Ta'ala says, O oh, you who believe, adopt taqwa for Allah Ta'ala. وَبْتَغُوا إِلَيْهِ wasila, And search for wasila. Wasila here refers to all those things that become a means of getting close to Allah Ta'ala. Everything that will take a person. Now, how are you going to know that? He has to learn it. He has to acquire the ilm for it. So find out, go to the company of the ulama kiram and in their, with their bashara, read authentic literature and learn. Now he'll learn how things will bring him, what will bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala, what he has to try and focus on, 
There's so many things he doesn't have the capacity to do everything in terms of nawafil, mustahabbat. So now what are the selected things that will now have, inshallah, tremendous benefit for him that he can do easily? He'll gain, gain all this from ilm. So ilm of the basail, ilm of the fadail, mashallah, the talim that takes place in our masajid, to be part of it, to learn. So the first aspect that is mentioned in this is, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Allah enrich me with ilm, with knowledge. There's much in this, but just to touch on the few other aspects in this dua. So in any case, the next aspect that Nabiya Kareem Salaam says is, وَزَيِّنِّي بِالْحِلْمِ Allah adorn me with hilm. Hilm, tolerance. Now we hear these words, tolerance. And many of these things become like sounding like very much ordinary. A good thing, very much ordinary. But just to understand how great is tolerance, if something somebody's father loves, just as an example without any comparison obviously, if somebody's father loves something and he has a very close attachment to his father and he knows his father loves this, his mother loves this particular thing, particular whatever it might be, whether it is something edible, whether it is something, for example, some kind of khidmat that he will service, service he will render, they really get happy with this service. If he knows that my parents become happy with this, this is something they really, it pleases their heart. Which obedient child who understands the maqam of parents and who understands what it is to serve one's parents, he will let the, such opportunities go. He has the opportunity to render that khidmat, to do that service, and to earn their happiness and their du'as. And that opportunity is there, it's something very simple, very easy. And he says, Which person who has this understanding of what is the position of parents, what Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif, he has ilm of that also again. Comes down to ilm again. And he has the understanding of it. He'll never let it go. He will look for opportunities to do such things. Because this is something they really appreciate. This is something they really look forward to. Now that, what has motivated him, the thing that has motivated him, is that his parents love this. They become very pleased with it. They become very happy. This brings great amount of joy to them. That's all, nothing else. Not that they're going to give him anything. They give him nothing for it, for example. Just their happiness. That happiness of his parents become the biggest motivating factor. Provided he's got qadr in his heart and he's got appreciation of what parents are. So now this motivation that came from just knowing that his parents loved us, bearing that in mind without any comparison, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem said to Ashaj Abdul Qais, lengthy incident, one leader of one tribe that he came with his people, Nabi Kareem Salaam addressed him and said, In Nafika Lakhaslataini Yuhibbuhum Allah. There are two qualities in you, Allah loves them. Somebody's parents love something and they know what the right, rights of parents, the maqam and position of parents, that motivates them. If a person has love for Allah Ta'ala and he knows now that Allah loves this, Subhanallah, will he just let that by pass by one of those things? Says you have two qualities in you which Allah Ta'ala loves. One is al-hilm, tolerance, forbearance. Allah loves it. Subhanallah. Allah Ta'ala loves it. And among the sifat of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala is halim as well. Allah Ta'ala loves this. And the other is anat far-sightedness, not doing things in haste, saying something first and now thinking what I should have said. Already the damage is done. Doing something in haste and now thinking, but I shouldn't have done this, I should have first thought. I should have first made some mashwara maybe. I should have looked at it from all the different angles. Now that hasty reactions to things and hasty actions, all this brings so many issues afterwards. 
So now the person who has this quality of first waiting, stopping thinking, thinking and trying to ponder, now what's the right thing to do? Allah Ta'ala loves this. Al-Hilm wal-Anad. Now something that has been declared to us by Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala loves this. Now a person having heard this, and he still doesn't take that to heart, then there's something very deficient. Allah loves this, I must improve this in my life. I must develop this. I must increase this quality of helm, this quality of gentleness. All this goes hand in hand. When there's tolerance, there'll be gentleness, there'll be kindness. And if tolerance is missing, there'll be the opposite. If there's tolerance, then he will be able to bear something quietly and then say something gently. And if tolerance is missing, he won't be able to hold anything in and in that moment he'll start snapping. He'll start snapping instantly. And then not just snapping is one thing, but then the kind of things that will come out of his mouth, that's another thing. The way it stems from the lack of tolerance. Sabr, tolerance, all this is very closely related. Nabi Kareem once said to Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah, Allah Ta'ala is most gentle, kind, all these. There's no one single word that can translate these sifat. These are all just explanatory translations of some, some, some little idea of what it is all about. Allah Ta'ala is most gentle and kind. Allah Ta'ala loves this gentleness. Allah Rafiqun yuhibbur rifq. Wa yu'ti ala rifq ma la yu'ti ala al-unf. Wa ma la yu'ti ala ma siwa. And on gentleness, Allah grants that which He never grants on being harsh. Let alone that, Allah doesn't grant so much on anything else. Meaning how much goodness is granted on gentleness, obviously within the limits of Sharia. These things go without saying. The Sahaba Ikram would never have imagined that, okay, no matter what you do, how you go about things, cross all the lines of deen, doesn't matter. No, no, that doesn't apply at all. Within the boundaries of Sharia, that gentleness, Allah grants so much on it, that nothing else Allah grants so much on. And as for harshness, Zero. So now Allah Ta'ala loves this. Allah Ta'ala loves this tolerance. Allah Ta'ala loves this kindness. Allah loves this gentleness. So now the one who wants to become the ashik of Allah Ta'ala, would he want to also adopt this? And that is one of the ways to learn this tolerance. Is to keep pondering and meditating. And these are not once of affairs. That now, once off we did it, and now it's like some button we pressed, and now this must carry on moving. No, no, it's not a once off thing. It is a continuous exercise. In the Qutayba, rahimahullah, he says one slave, he angered the master. Those days of slavery, the master, there were people who even beat their slaves and what not would happen. So the slave was a slave, he had no position of any sort, he had no recourse to anything. In dunya, obviously. So, any case now, he angered the master. He did something which was obviously out of line. And as a result, the master was very angry. So, when he got very angry, he said, look, I am going to tolerate what my slave did now. Why am I going to tolerate this? I am going to tolerate it as a form of training for myself. It's now really upset me. I am really angered. I want to say a lot of things. Am I going to do some things? But I'm going to quietly tolerate this as training. This is the gym. People pay to go to other gyms. They get this training for free if they want to take it. Provided they want to take it. That too is a lot of effort involved. People go and carry weights and whatnot. And then on top of that they go to such environments which now that physical gym becomes a spiritual destruction. The kind of environment that is there, whatever else goes on there, that they come out physically strong and spiritually destroyed. This is all shaitan's traps and shaitan's handiwork, that in the name of physical fitness and in the name of this, that and the other, shaitan takes a person to environments that will destroy his being.
destroy his, all the haya in his heart, all the noor of whatever ibadah he did. Somebody say, no, no, I make a lot of tilawat, mashallah, very good. And then after that he went to a gym, Allah knows best what happens there. By the time he finished all, that noor is all drained out. So in any case, this is a spiritual gym. I says, I am tolerating this. I am holding myself back. Now that's a, an effort as well. He's ready to make the effort to carry weight. So now is he made, ready to make the effort to carry the weight within? Why? To get closer to Allah. Because Allah loves this. Is he ready to carry that weight within himself? That my Allah loves this. So this person said, I'm going to tolerate my slave. Why? Because this will train me. And when a person is training, it builds his strength. He says, I'm going to train myself to tolerate my slave. And it will be much more easier to tolerate others. If I can tolerate my slave, who is now my ownership. I own him, he belongs to me. He's part of my property. And I can tolerate him, then I will be more easily able to tolerate others. So I'm going to train now. Subhanallah. Have we ever thought about this training? This too is a training. A part of this training is the muraqaba of hill. Meditating. And this as mentioned is not a once-off affair. This is a daily practice. That a person sits down daily, some dedicated time. The dedicated time might be three minutes, five minutes. It might be three minutes morning, three minutes evening maybe. But in that few minutes, he's sitting and pondering over the tolerance of Allah Ta'ala upon him. That how I go about my life, I might pretend outside something little bit, what was going on in my heart, where my eyes have been looking, what I have been doing. Allah Ta'ala has tolerance so much. Allah has not yet brought that azab upon me. As one person in Urdu said it in a little couplet, Meri khulke nafarmani to dekh, unki shane sattari to dekh. Look at my blatant sinning, and look at his sattari and how he is covering my faults. Meri khulke nafarmani to dekh, unki shane ghaffari to dekh. Look at my blatant, just unconcerned how I'm going about breaking the laws of Allah Ta'ala, and yet He's forgiving. And on top of that, Mary Shane, Mary Kulke Nafarmani to Dek, Unki Shane Ihsani to Dek. That despite my continued sin, Allah Ta'ala still showered His favors upon me. So this is Allah Ta'ala's clemency, His tolerance. My Banda, give him some respite, he'll come back. Give him some leeway, he'll make tawbah, he'll come back. So now to sit and ponder over the tolerance of Allah Ta'ala upon ourselves. And to do this, as I mentioned, not, not a once-off thing, a daily thing. And to such an extent, and for so long, until this becomes a condition of the heart. Person who went and picks up some small weights once or twice, and then now you want to take part in the championship. Where is going to get anywhere? He goes on training and training. Somebody wants to run on marathon. What is going to achieve in that? But nevertheless, he's training for six months in advance. Why? Because he wants to get there. He wants to get that one medal that he can hang in his house and then boast about it. But for that, he's ready to do the six months. For that, he's training six months in advance and for hours on end every day. To gain this kafiyat of the heart, to gain this condition of the heart, the strength of the heart, which Allah Ta'ala loves. For that the training, for that the effort, for that the dedicated time, for that to now put that kind of focus into it, obviously that is worth something. That is really worth something. And the reality of that and the worth of it will open out when the person has been laid in the cover on the day of Qiyamah, that's the time he'll see the reality of this. Those who understood what is this all about, they lived it. There are many, many incidents. There's so much of this, but just to one very famous incident, Imam Abu Hanifa, he is sitting in a gathering, and somebody comes and slaps him. Now imagine a person of such great position, status, caliber, Imam of the time, one person now, comes and slaps him in the middle of this gathering. So he responds to him very calmly, and he says to him that, 
Look, if I want to take revenge from you, I'm entitled to it. Because, Al-Ainu Bil-Ain, an eye for an eye, a slap for a slap. But I won't do that. And then he goes on, several things he mentions. And he says, if I want, I'll tell my friends to take revenge. I'm entitled to that too. Eventually he says, I can take the Qazi, place a complaint in court. And they'll take revenge on my behalf. I won't do any of this. And if I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. On that day, I will extract revenge from you. And that will come in the form of taking your good deeds. So, but I won't do that also. Instead, if Allah Ta'ala gives me, Allah Ta'ala gives me Jannat and gives me the opportunity and the, the permission to intercede on behalf of anyone, I'll intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannat. Now, where the strength came from? It just came just like that. It came from learning al-hilmu bit-ta'allum. They're saying al-hilmu bit-ta'allum. Ilm, ilm doesn't just fall from the trees. Ilm comes from ta'allum. By acquiring knowledge. By learning. By studying. By burning the midnight oil. By making an effort for it. Ilm comes with ta'allum. Likewise, hilm comes from with tahallum. By putting that pressure on ourselves and learning hilm. Ahnaf bin Qais, rahimahullah, was a tabi'i. Somebody asked him, he was, his, his tolerance was proverbial. He was known to be an extremely tolerant person. There were so many incidents about people who tested his tolerance. But in any case, one day somebody asked him, where you learn this tolerance from? He said, I remained in the company of a tolerant person. And then he gave an incident of one person, took the name, the name is so mine now, and he says, I was sitting in his company, he was sitting there, wrapped in his shawl, and the Arabs had a way of wrapping that shawl and then tying a knot around the knees, so the knees are raised, and they would tie this shawl around and then tie that knot there, and he says, as we were sitting there in the gathering, a group of people came, and they came along, there's one body, they're carrying a person, dead body, and there's another person whose hands are tied behind his back and he's like a prisoner of theirs. This group of people came in this manner. This body is covered. He sees person and then this person is tied up. And he came and said to him, this is your son that has been killed and this is your nephew who killed him. This is your son who has got, was killed and this is your nephew who murdered him. Happened in front of us. We caught him and brought him now. So the Ahnab bin Qais Rahimullah is explaining this incident. He says he didn't even... Now normally what would happen is when a person now is jolted by something and he's sitting in that manner, the first thing he'll do is open that shawl out and he'll jump up. He says he didn't even open that knot until he had finished speaking. He first finished speaking calmly and then he opened that knot out and then proceeded to do what he had to do. He says while sitting calmly in that position, he said to his son who was also there that look, make the arrangements for the burial of your brother now. In other words, the necessary, the ghusl, kafan, whatever. Start making the arrangements for that. And the hundred camels, take it to your mother in view of blood money and let him go. The blood money, because she is now obviously going to be very aggrieved and she's entitled to something. Now he had the right of forgiveness. So he forgave him there and there. And he said, well, the hundred camels is giving from his side. The hundred camels, you take it to your mother and make the arrangements for your brother's funeral now. And then he calmly woke up and walked from there. Now, he didn't have a heart, he had a stone inside. No, no, he had a, like a person can carry that hundred kilos, somebody else is battling with twenty kilos. He's saying, hey, this is too much, I can't carry this. How are you carrying that hundred kilos? He trained for it. It didn't happen just like that. He trained for it. Likewise, people who train their hearts, they train themselves to acquire this shifat. They train themselves to acquire that which Allah Ta'ala loves. Because what Allah Ta'ala loves will make them beloved. To Allah wa Ta'ala. So they train. And the most we want to just, well, somebody must make some dumb on us, and maybe that might must do the job. Our anger must just get blown away with somebody's dumb. And our tolerance must just come right with somebody's dumb. And, no, oh no, Allah Ta'ala has made a system in dunya. All things we understand, we have to make an effort. Allah Ta'ala has made this 
a path of effort as well. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who will strive, will make mujahada. They will dedicate the time now, for example in this matter, to have that dedicated time to make that muraqaba, to meditate, to train themselves now. Something irritated them, and they say, I'm going to train now. I'm not going to start venting. Why? As a means of training. And somebody said, now what better way of training than to tolerate your wife? He says, you'll get the best training there. You won't need to go anywhere else for any other training. So, in any case, the point is that was just on the side, in case somebody goes home and they start getting trained already. So, the point is that we have to learn these things. This goes hand in hand with ilm. Allahumma aghnini bil ilm wa zayyinni bil hilm. Naji Kareem Sassim is saying, Ya Allah, adorn me. This is adornment. Adornment is not the physical the person is wearing a glittering watch and he's wearing some branded garments and he's wearing that. What is that? Adornment is what is inside. Yes, we have been taught to be clean, we have been taught to be neat, to be presentable, we have been taught nazafat and cleanliness is part of iman. But adornment, adornment is inside the heart. That's the real adornment. Or the yinni bil hilm, just to round off very quickly, or the other two aspects mentioned in this dua. Allah grant me, make me honorable with taqwa. Grant me taqwa, respect and honor through taqwa. This is where respect and honor is. Inna akramakum, inda Allahi atqakum. The most noble, the most honorable in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, are people of taqwa. That is where the honor is. Honor is not in things. Honor and respect is not in the material possessions. Order and respect doesn't come out of what I can do to live up with the Joneses, as they say. That doesn't bring any respect and honor. Honor comes from taqwa, from obeying Allah wa ta'ala, from being conscious of Allah wa ta'ala. And everything in the Quran Sharif, so many things are mentioned, it sums up to everything is found in taqwa. person has a problem, the solution is in taqwa. He has an issue with risk, the solution is in taqwa. Taqwa, the obedience of Allah. Forsaking what Allah has forbidden. Doing what Allah is pleased with. That is taqwa. So, Allah grant me this honor with taqwa. And in this taqwa is the closeness to Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those who will be closest to me are the people of taqwa. And then the last thing mentioned is, وَجَبْنِلْنِي بِالْعَافِيَةِ Allah beautify me with afiyat. In the Hadith Sharif it's mentioned, after Iman, is it the greater gift that a person can be blessed with than afiyat? Afiyat, safety. Safety in what? اللَّهُمَّ إِنَّا نَسَلُكَ الْعَفَّةِ وَالْعَافِيَةِ وَالْمُعَافَةَ الدَّائِمَةِ فِي الدِّينِ وَالدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ how comprehensive this is. And this is a dua again, another dua. Ya Allah, we beg of you. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa. Your forgiveness and afiyat. What we learn from this is, we first need that forgiveness when we are now cleansed from that sin. Then we'll become the recipients of that afiyat. Otherwise the sin will become the barrier. So that sin, the haram, the indulgence in what Allah has forbidden, that becomes a barrier from the afiyat. Allah, we ask you first for af. Yes, we are very, very sinful. We've done a lot of things that we shouldn't have done. Allah, we're begging your forgiveness. Allah, grant us your af and grant us afiyat as well. And that afiyat wal muafat daima Continuous and perpetual afiyat. In what? Fit deen. Top of the list. Afiyat in deen. Safety in deen. Allah, my deen and iman be safe. Safe from all the attacks of shaitan. The attacks of shaitan, the attacks of the human shayateen also. Who try to mislead and waylay people from their iman. And all the things that corrupt a person in terms of his a'mal, in terms of his akhlaq, in terms of his mu'amalat and mu'asharat. Now just to make a quick deal some way, cutting corners, deceiving somebody, getting involved in so many things. Allah sick. This is now against afiyat in deen. Allah grant me afiyat in deen. So that I be saved from all the things that harm my deen. What a comprehensive dua. 
And then together with that, what dunya? Allah, my dunya also grant me afiyat. We are extremely weak. We should never ever ask for any difficulty and hardship. We always ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are Allah always big for afiyat. And then Allah akhirat also. Allah grant us afiyat in all these stages of akhirat, qabr, the day of qiyamah, and with afiyat take us all the way to jannah. Allah tabarakah wa ta'ala bless us with all these qualities. Allah ta'ala grant us afiyat in our deen, in our dunya, and akhirat. Allah ta'ala make us among His true and obedient servants. Bless us with all these sifat hamida, the beautiful and noble qualities, and cleanse us from all the sifat razila, all the evil and base qualities. Allah ta'ala make us among His true and obedient servants. Keep us steadfast on iman. Take us on perfect iman. Raise us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman. فآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين for a few minutes we'll make some zikr in the dua الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صد وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نوانه 
ഹബീബിക്കൈറിൽ ربنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا واخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اله العالمين يا الله او موس مرسيفول موس غريشس موس كاي موس لافيك الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله يا الله فوجيف اول او ميجي ماينس ان شاء الله فوجيف وات وي ديد ان ذا داركنس اوف نايت ان ذا لايت اوف دي يا الله Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, despite our sins, Ya Allah, Allah, you have been so merciful, Ya Allah, you have been so kind, Ya Allah, you have been so tolerant, Ya Allah, you have been so forgiving, Ya Allah, despite all our wrongdoings, you have still been showering us with your favors, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive this disloyalty of ours, Ya Allah, forgive this disloyalty of ours, Ya Allah, forgive this shamelessness of ours, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah, make us among the muttaqeen, Ya Allah, make us among those who have the beautiful akhlaq of Nabiya Kareem, sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah bless us with taqwa ya allah bless us with all the noble sifat ya allah cleanse our hearts out from all the evil qualities ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah forgive the entire ummah of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah throughout the world ya allah wherever the muslims are in any kind of pain and hardship and difficulties ya allah ya allah remove their suffering ya allah ya allah grant afiyat to one and all ya allah grant afiyat in our deen ya allah grant afiyat in our dunya ya allah grant us afiyat in the akhirah ya allah Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge all the difficulties are due to our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such actions that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us a true understanding of deen, Ya Allah. Enrich us with the knowledge of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant each one halal and tayyib rizq in abundance, Ya Allah. 
filled with barakat ya allah allah save us from everything that is haram and doubtful ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah you grant us ya allah to do that which you are pleased with ya allah grant us a tawfiq of everything that you are pleased with ya allah save us from everything that you are displeased with ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah you enable us ya allah allah to be steadfast on deen ya allah grant us istiqamat on iman ya allah grant us istiqamat on deen ya allah till our last breath keep us on iman and islam ya allah Take us on perfect iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah on perfect iman, Ya Allah. Grant us Jannatul for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya all those who have raised their hands with the dua. All who asked us to make dua for them. Ya Allah, you grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one every khair and barakat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayz needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You protect us from all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we've asked for, Ya Allah. Bless us with it, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, it did not ask, Ya Allah. Grant us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله فقط